Hello, friends, and welcome to the Cinemondo podcast, where, wait, who's that? We have four people today. Four. <laughs> yes, we've got, it's, uh, it's yeah, very, very, very close to the Hollywood <laughs> Squares, original, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but uh, our frequent guest, our good close uh, friend, Jeff McCarty, is with us uh, to hey, talk Jeff. about. Hello, everybody. Hey, Jeff. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a gr- brand new opening from Burke. He's got, got a lot of great shots of Hollywood and uh, of Los Angeles. Yeah. And, behind, like I can see it exactly. going The Cinemondo spiral. The vortex. Yeah. Well, Jeff is uh, a film preservationist with uh, Paramount, and he has been working on a lot of great projects that he kind of fills us in on t- time to time. So we can start with that. Like, what is what are some of the uh, the major films that you've been working on in the last uh, you know six months or so? Yeah, I was I was on a year ago, and actually, I think I'm still working on some of those films from a year ago. <laughs> Takes a like, while, huh? Yeah, no, it does. Like The Godfather one and two, I've been doing for the last two and a half years another i know people are like oh you're restoring the godfather it's been restored but yeah this is a brand new restoration we replaced a lot of the bad dupe material that was in the film with the original negative trims went through all these boxes and stuff so yeah we're releasing actually in about two months brand new restorations of both those films wow do you yeah. have to get um? Do you, do you have a Francis Ford Coppola's like uh, input and does he yeah, oh, yeah, take a yeah. look we, at we it? it? We screened it. We sent it to him. That was one real drag about COVID. I would have been able to actually screen in person to him, right. but we sent it up to you know he lives up north uh, back in May, and he watched our like all our initial restoration work and gave us some notes and things to change. He made one editorial change in Godfather Part Two. At the end of the scene, I don't want to spoil it. I'm sure you've all seen that. <laughs> don't tell us what happens in the movie. Yeah, yeah. this movie is 500 years old. <laughs> yeah, he basically trimmed out three three seconds of one shot. He just thought it, it lasted on screen a little too long. Wow. So, that, so we had to change all the stuff. And all three the seconds ever, is you a ever lifetime. Argue? Yeah, do you argue with him? Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, no. No, we don't argue with yeah. him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't Imagine argue. pushing back on that guy. But three <laughs> yeah. seconds sounds like a short amount of time. But three seconds in a film is a long time. That's mm-hmm. it. Really, it it can be. I mean, you know, that there's there's a you know so many like micro decisions that go into editing, and they're, oh, they're yeah. all purposeful. I mean, there's and they're, and they're rhythmic and they're emotional, and there's reasons to stay or not cut, and um, it's very subtle. No one would notice it if you watch it right now. You would not notice it, but yeah. You know, you might feel it on a subconscious level. Um, right. But like with what I do, sometimes there it's just the frame. You know, can you do, you know, t- take out two frames or add two frames? Or the other day I got, we went, we went yeah. from five frames. I think it ended up 18 frames, you know, and it's right. There's a huge difference. <laughs> it is. Certain Absolutely. things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the amount of space evenly between songs on an album, you know, it's all yeah. purposeful, you know. Yeah. Right. So you so you're still working on the two Godfathers. Yeah, the what two are, Godfathers. Let's see. Uh, once on a time in the West, um, doing oh, nice. a new restoration yeah. of that. Um, one of my childhood favorites, the 1976 King Kong. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so doing a brand new restoration of that. Um, possibly even the extended version. There was a four hour version of that movie. Yeah. That what? Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. I, know, I, know. I, I love that film. I argue about it all the time with my colleagues who all think it's ridiculous, but. 
has like this incredible John Barry score. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, I, is John is John Gillerman still alive, the director? No, no. Okay. Well, you know, that's, you know, I don't think so. he's I not. We, I'm just beginning that project, so I've not even looked into whether he's alive or not. At some point, mm-hmm. we would bring him in if he was alive to look at it. I don't think he is. Mm, to okay. Look at that. And I know the cinematographer is not. Um, so what is the um the this like what is it you physically do and when you're doing film restoration a lot of people watching this now haven't heard yeah, yeah. some of your podcasts what sure. would what is what goes into that exactly well the, the first thing is to research and find the best elements the earliest generation elements mm-hmm. that exist of the film and hopefully that would be the original negative mm-hmm. and if the original negative is there a lot of times the original negative has been cut down over time um uh, there's decomposition if it's old nitrate material so we try and find the best secondary sources so we just patch the whole film based on its original editorial mm. continuity uh, with the best material and then we go through it we digitize all that we scan all that material clean it all up color correct it and basically do the same kind of process not color correction stuff but you know to the audio find the best audio sources patch oh, it together um digitize it, review it, show it to the filmmakers if they're still alive. If they're not, then we mm-hmm. just you know, consult with historians. Um, for instance, we're doing a 1917 Mary Pickford film called Stella Maris. So we're working with the Pickford Foundation. Wow. Um, oh, nice. over there is an expert in Mary Pickford. So I bring her in. We talk about like the tints of the film and everything like wow. that. Just sure wow. it's historically yeah. accurate as possible. As possible. It's never an exact science unless you have like yeah. perfect documentation from 1917, which we do not. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried to restore filming? You just didn't find the material and just, well, this is a lost oh, yes. cause or do yeah. you always find it? Oh yeah. That's Absolutely. sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Or, or like there's a few reels missing. Right. Uh, there's a, a Roy Rogers film I was doing called the gay ranchero, which was originally shot in true color and the color elements don't survive. So we had to preserve it in black and white. Uh, a lot of stuff like oh, that yeah. happens. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the film is the Clara Bow 1927 film. We're having, uh, ben Burt, the sound designer of Star Wars, he he uh, arranged for old library music a new score for the film. Oh, nice! That's, that's cool. premiering also at some point. Cool. Uh, that's where cool. she got her name. Her her yes, yeah, the girl. Yeah. yeah, that's, oh, that's cool. one story. One thing I want to explain. I think a, a lot of um, maybe our listeners might not know what it means when you say you have to digitize yes. a film. It's um. It's tell me if I'm right or wrong. It basically is like turning every frame into a really high resolution JPEG, uh, or yes. something, no, or that, a TIFF or whatever. Okay. Um. Absolutely. That's exactly wow. what's going. On. Yeah. And then you can go through each one yeah. of those frames and sometimes like like Just, use something like Photoshop and get rid of dust and crap and garbage okay. and hairs oh, and whatnot. It's exactly what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe different words for the programs, but I think that explains right. it very well. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Film on a scanner. People scan you know, old photographs at home. It's the same yeah. process, just mm-hmm. very high tech and a reel of film that goes frame by frame. And yeah, wow. it absolutely does that, digitizes it. Wow. Wow. And so uh, then you're not you actually mean? working with the physical plastic right. film that you shine a light through that most people are familiar with when they think about films. Yeah. yeah. They still think about films coming on reels sometimes that you put into a projector. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, which is still... Yeah, I mean, people are still projecting 35, still yeah. making for, you know certain releases. We'll talk about that in a, in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and any other films? I think there was one other one that you're working on. For oh, um, that... I mean, I'm working on like 50 films right now. So uh, wow. just, just run down oh. some that come up, uh, come through my consciousness. Um, 
I'm, I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Reds. Oh yes, yes, we finished Reds. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of Reds because we finished it. Um, yeah, I did a <laughs> yeah, full restoration of Reds um, this year, which is one of my favorite films. I was mm. really happy to go through. I, there was some really bad dupes in that as well. Whereas the editor Dee Dee Allen at the time, she would resize shots that she thought weren't composed correctly. Oh, and her decision right but to do that back in 1981 you have to optical optically make a new piece of negative and right oh, so, and, and your resolution really, goes down yeah oh, Rain. rainy really stood out there's that climactic scene at the train station which is so poignant and there was one shot where it just always took me out of the film when we i went through again all the original original negative trim boxes there was hundreds of them so warren Beatty's famous for doing 40 takes of every shot right. and, <laughs> oh yeah i had all db allen's code books i was going through matching boxes numbers everything wow and i found all those shots and we wow. scanned them all put them all back in and the film is like seamless now nice. wow how do you decide and, on the film that that is lucky enough to get restored <laughs> Um, well, there's two uh, qualifiers. Um, there was a, an inventory that was done 20 years ago of the entire Paramount Library. So everything that was was categorized, things are like most at risk. You know, mm, so okay. things that were um, single element sources, maybe there was only one film element that existed. Things that were decomposing, had vinegar syndrome. Um, and, and then so there's that based on an at-risk categorization. And then secondly is market-driven. So Red's, okay. um, it, it was the 40th anniversary last year of its oh, release. So there sense. was a market-driven request to, really, to re-release on Blu-ray. Oh, cool. All so right. That's why we did the restoration of it. Warren Beatty come in in, Jan- in July and he walked, you know, we watched and showed it to him. He loved it. Nice. We used a, an approved print by Vittorio Storaro, who's the cinematographer. Wow. Got the original color palette back to what it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's so, amazing. That's really cool. I, it feels very <laughs> fulfilling. I would think as a film fan to be able to take these movies, you know, some you know we all heard of, some we haven't heard, mm-hmm. and sort of bringing them back from the dead or bringing them, them um, to glory. It's a. I mean, it's the perfect job for me. I've grown up just like you guys. Just, I mean, practically worshiping movies and just you mm-hmm. know saving them making them available making them look correct yeah Yeah. films um i yeah no it's very important to me and just having the respect of being able to to, you know you you can't just get some guys there for the paycheck to do this kind of work yeah you got to get somebody who really want you know really respects the work yeah yeah, because I mean, how I'm basically, you know, me and my colleagues, how we're, you know, encoding this stuff is how it's going to be seen from here right. on out, mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part, unless you have an old print that you found out of the vault and drag. And you can only play those prints so many times before they start falling apart. Yeah. We've got to make sure it looks right because, you know, all the time and effort that goes into new productions, you, you know, tweaking, you know, the, the color design yeah. and everything else to just be so willy nilly about it and not give it the full attention is tragedy yeah for me it is that's it is it totally is for movie fan i mean movies are my my church or my religion basically so it's like that's that is as important to me as anything in life i mean it just is i mean some people think that's nuts but i just feel like this stuff matters i mean it it defines certain points in my life it it defines like some of my actual thinking and context um i learned a lot from movies you know how to you know how to be a person <laughs> it's human history yeah, it's like it really his human history no absolutely i mean you learn about you know not just other cultures but you sympathize with other yeah. people yeah. um 
Yeah, it just mm-hmm. I I used to call the New Beverly my church in the nineties. You know, oh, that's what I call the 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 city. <laughs> church tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, all those. Speaking places. of theaters, yeah. yeah. Speaking of theaters, like you know, um, obviously since you know the pandemic hit a few years ago, yeah. uh, what we remembered as movie going was going to our favorite theater. You know, getting our seats, sitting down and watching a big screen, you know, with the great sound and watching it with a group of other people, like minded fans and getting that, you know, that communal experience of watching a movie. It always makes a movie can make the movie scarier, can make it funnier, can be more yeah. dramatic because they're all there doing yeah. it. And you're with an audience, you know, you're yeah. just caught up in the same emotions at the yeah. same time. It's yeah. great. It's it's my some of my best memories are being in full houses. Like the first time I saw Halloween, everybody was jumping yeah. and laughing and scared. Yeah. It was it's fantastic, you know. <laughs> and we've lost that for the most part. I mean, some movies have been released to theaters, and but you know, and recently, Licorice Pizza had a, a thing going on in the, you know in Westwood yeah. for a while, and that was that kind of experience. But it's kind of been gone. I guess the question is: yeah. Is it gone forever? Is it coming back in a different way? Is it? Uh, will it come back just like the way it was? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, well, I don't think it it will come back the way it was exactly. Um, so yeah, I remember back, you know, the first time I was on the podcast was it 2000, the end of 2019, we were doing like our best of movies of the year. And back then I saw everything because I would go see everything in the theaters. Yeah. And since then, it's been harder for me. I'm not quite as excited about new cinema at times as I used to be. I still am, of course, because I, I love all cinema. But uh, because the theater experience was like just so hit so hard, I, I used to go and, you know, I wanted to experience these new films properly in the, in the theater. Yeah. Not that, you know, you're, of course, I, I watch films at home and I enjoy them very much at home and nothing against doing that. But um, it, it did take a hit even in my own um, cinema appreciation, I feel, in the last two years. But I, I don't see it going away. And there has been some hope for that. I mean, yeah. the yeah. 2021 box office was, I mean, understandably twice the, you know, the, the, the profit of the 2020. <laughs> half, half, half the profit of 2019, though. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, there, were, there were two films at the end of the year um, that I – saw that gave me a lot of hope that cinema is not going away. And one was licorice pizza. Um, I saw the opening week. I think it was, it was, it was right after Thanksgiving. Was that opening weekend? I don't remember that for licorice pizza. You saw it before me. Yeah. 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 I saw a couple days before you. I know we had slightly different takes on it, but I think part of my love of that film was seeing it in a packed house. It was my first time since the pandemic in a packed house in a big theater and 70 millimeter in Westwood. The whole ritual going there and walking up to it and being in the lobby and you can feel the excitement and you can see everyone stoned and ready to watch it (laughs) (laughs) going in there and even our seats were not that perfect they were kind of off the side we're watching on an angle but that was part of like going see on a film and opening night it's not always like you don't always get the perfect seating experience but you're still there and there's is something about the energy of an entire crowd whether it's vocal or not even vocal there's there's a shared dreaming going on yeah and, yeah and, and i i felt so alive and i was watching that again just alive for or, or i felt the cinema was alive again in a way i had not experienced it in right. two years and so that was remarkable and then also a month later um i took my daughter to see the new spider-man movie and right. packed house opening night in burbank my 
daughter, she gets really excited during these Marvel films. She's like <laughs> screaming and just like, oh my God, and she's so, so excited. And, and and so was the entire theater. It was just yeah. so, I was I, I felt very happy. Like, wow, this is not, people still crave this kind of experience. I think people are hungry for it, hungry yeah. for that, you know, group thing, you know, that right. what you were saying, that, yeah. that shared dream idea and yeah. communing, you know, even if you're not like personally talking to these people or, you know, socializing yeah. with them, just being together with other human beings, yeah. you know, as long as they're not jackasses, you know, as long as <laughs> that's the problem. A, crinkling yeah. hand, you know, hard candy yeah. wrappers. Like I always get the that person <laughs> right. crinkling the hard candy. Like, are you gonna or on their just... phone. <laughs> but, uh, but there is sort of, I think maybe now, you know, people, they're not taking, you know, movie theaters for granted anymore. They actually, you know, going yeah. to a movie theater, it's like, now it's this big special thing where I was like, Oh, another movie, another theater, whatever. But now it's you know someone going to a theater like you're like you've gone to two movies in the theater. I haven't been to one since it started, and that's what oh, I wow. did. All I haven't the time. either. And oh, so wow. it's yeah. really been heartbreaking. But you know, part of that is because I will only go to the ArcLight in Hollywood, right. and now that that's not right. open, it's just been just. I mean, when that closed, I feel like someone died. I still yeah. am feeling that weird grieving thing, even though I think it's going to reopen soon eventually because they. Too bought like an alcohol license for the dome and you know that, that's promising and it was a really profitable theater but it's yeah. like that every time i would branch off from the arc light in hollywood i would hate the experience it was either rude people the management wouldn't do anything about it you know the theater was right. dirty or just so that the screening wasn't great but every time i go to the hollywood arc light i loved it it was always like just so grand and they had that great lobby and you could have dinner there and right. that was really yeah. special and now i feel like yeah. it's just there's a big hole in my movie going which is first of all no theaters and no arc light <laughs> so yeah. i've been like double whammy yeah. of what we i love really, the most we miss the one here in pasadena too it's like the the arc yeah. light that's just gone we went you know? we went there that was one of our last things we did we had yeah. a cinema right. field trip to the pasadena arc light to see the invisible man and that was yeah. literally, I remember that was like March 8th. And we're like, should we do this? Shouldn't we do yeah. this? It's just getting we, scary. We kind of yeah. got, we kind of went and that, and I think that night or the next day or something, that's when the shutdown sort of happened or maybe that weekend. Yeah. So that was kind of yeah, like pretty it. quick after that. Yeah. And I've so only seen, kind of, kind of questioning whether we should go. <laughs> and before that we had seen, we took a field trip and saw Midsummer. Oh yes, and uh, so those were like the things. And there the was an earthquake two. during it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shut down. Just <laughs> <laughs> like we were not having our last movie going experience. Yeah. We're not good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I you went to the yeah. theater, because I mean I haven't been. When you went to the theater, yeah. is it does it feel like safe? Do, are people all wearing masks or are people well, jackasses yeah, like to I'll, it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go into that. So um, I started. We started going because I'm such a theater guy um, back in May was the first one I went to we took my daughter to see Cruella um, film I very much enjoyed part of it was also being in the theater again yeah. it, just, uh, it was just so much fun and I I feel like I can just really really focus on the movie in a way I can't at home no matter how yeah. hard it is. Yeah. Cozy it is sitting with my fiance on the couch watching you know Criterion Channel which we do all the time I mean that I love doing that but yeah Something about being in the theater, right? I feel like I'm really just one with the film. And then, yeah, yeah, sure. of course. It's, it's a dedicated hard, but... chair that yeah. you're sitting yeah. in. It's like you know you're aimed at the screen, and <laughs> the screen is aimed do. at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, a few things about the theater. So I, I do find most people are pretty cool about it. Most people are wearing their masks inside. You're most. You don't, you don't. Yeah, true. You don't have to wear your mask when you're eating popcorn. Just the whole thing. So that's the mm. you know. Or you're, yeah. So. 
But what you can do, and I have done, obviously those two screens I talked about were packed. So this, I yeah. you know, but that's, that worries me. So are there any spaces between seats or? Um, well, not at Spider-Man Licorice Pizza. Yeah, that see. was like mm. person to person. Um, my, my fiance, she's very you know nervous about COVID. I mean, we all are, but yeah. um, she nervous a bit in Licorice Pizza. But I think just the experience didn't override the nervousness of it. And that was, of course, before the Omicron became so contagious. Yeah. Spider-Man, we saw on December 18th. And I was nervous about it because it was already well in the news everywhere. And then two days later, everyone I knew had COVID. I, I didn't get it. Oh, God. At, at this point, but <laughs> at this point, <laughs> so I mean, far, right, yeah. at some point, um, yeah. but uh, for the most part, what you can do, I found, uh, if you go to most movies like on a Tuesday afternoon or a Thursday mm-hmm. afternoon, mm-hmm. nobody in there. I see, mean, that's really, like two people, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I, took, I went to see West Side Story last night mm-hmm. with my daughter right after school, four forty-five at the at the La Quinata Theater. There was four other people in there. Mm. See, that's great to me, but also heartbreaking because I'm like, how are theaters survive? Like, it makes me ache to hear theaters struggling because I feel like it's so hard anyway to make money at the theater. They just make it in concession anyway. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and we say, like, oh, all these movies making money. Well, it's still not the theater really making the money. So it just makes there's so much sadness. I want it to be good. (laughs) It's true. I I think what you hit on earlier, Kathy, is they they are going to, um, it's going to be more of a special experience. And I think the, the era of the multiplexes is except for un, unless the Marvel films and Pixar films can keep them going or yeah. I continue to dwindle. I think, yeah. unfortunately, yes. I, I think unfortunately the, like the Lumley chain and those theaters are probably yeah. not going to make it. I just heard the Lumley Playhouse in Pasadena is going to be closing. Oh God! Yeah, I've seen many yeah. films there. We, we saw last last night in um, Soho there. Oh yeah, um, you are just going out. Look at you. Uh, well, so you're just acting like I'm the uh, crowd. Who cares? I'm going. No, to- no, I, trust me, I do care. I do care. Um, <laughs> you, most times, when you know, I'll look. You know, because of Fandango on your phone and all that, you can actually see how many people have bought tickets right that's before. That's true. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's a good right. that kind of like makes it a little more. You know, like okay, if 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 it's a crowded, just don't go. Yeah. I, that's a really good point. Hmm. I made an exception for Spider-Man Licorice Pizza, and we saw an old print of foxes. Um, uh-huh. Which is which, well, uh, my my fiance. She grew up in the valley. She loves movie foxes. She really connects to it. So I took her to see. Um, it was actually a faded 35 millimeter print. It was pink. Oh, did that drive you crazy? You're like, no, fix no, this. Well, well, no, actually, because uh, I remember back in the 90s, I would see pink prints all the time. Now, I don't recommend pink print, I don't think it's the way to watch it. Don't see a pink print, people. Stay away from the pink print. Yeah, well, but, but, um, Maybe I'm such a weirdo, but for foxes, it was okay for me. I don't know because the whole <laughs> film feels like a nostalgic faded photograph. That's like great. Right. Sure, it's like a uh, it's like a drive-through experience or something. <laughs> kind of, yeah, like I kind of liked it in a way. I, I I'm not saying that's the way I would tell everyone to go see foxes. <laughs> don't go see foxes. <laughs> but that's the that's the imperfection of seeing like a living print, a print that's, that's traveled. This print was from 1980. That's so true. like, and just knowing that. People forty years ago had laid eyes on this print. It that's has the wear and terror of traveling around the, yeah. the world and the country. Yeah. And it's gathered miles, and it's like a face almost that's got been weathered with. That is yeah. cool. 
So and Jeff, Jeff, the you know, I saw Licorice Pizza, and that was that's a seventy yeah. millimeter print, and it's just a yeah. different experience watching that than watching a digital film on the big screen. Oh, it's I didn't big. realize it was actual film. That makes oh, it yeah. film. Yeah, that's it's really a, cool. It just it's looks different, and felt yeah. like it felt to me like this film was. I, I know that's it's what scary. he was going yeah. for. It looked yeah. a little shaky. It looked like it yeah. kind of was filmed in the seventies. It sort of had. Yeah. That's that. what he was going for. So that was, yeah. that yeah. was really like a positive. You know, sometimes. Oh, God, Burke. Oh, I was just going to say, I sometimes use uh, programs to make film look like that, you know, look, yeah. to look old. And one of the things that that's interesting maybe to some of our listeners is like when we were talking about pink, pink prints and why it happens is there's certain pigments in films that fade before other pigments, the colors yes. in the film. Mm -hmm. And the ones that that don't fade as fast are the ones that, you know, in older films, you're, you're seeing the the film, you know, made of just the colors that didn't fade yeah, exactly <laughs> and yeah, it's so kind of like you see a poster in the window and it's all sun faded yeah. and some colors stay and some but, don't but only the red colors stay yeah. or the or the black the blue, or whatever yeah yeah, yeah you're explaining complicated things very well today Burke, which i like I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's good because it's making it's making it digestible for people to understand what's actually happening mm -hmm. well we all know this stuff because we're yeah. like these savvy insider you know people. <laughs> <laughs> yes i knew all about pink prints yeah. The pink print. That's going to be the name of this episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The pink print. The pink print. What is the pink print? Yes. <laughs> so well, that's that's encouraging, Jeff. I mean, the yeah. you think that there's a positive. I mean, I feel that way too. I think people, but I also believe with Kathy saying that we're just not going to go see all the movies at the multiplex. It's going to be that special film uh, that we will we'll pay $15, $20 to see because. It makes sense, you know. Years That's ago, you could spend weird. four or five bucks to see a movie, and you'd see lots of like in Atlanta had yeah. this pass where you could go see almost every movie you wanted to was included yeah. in the price of this yearly pass. Yeah. Well, those are long gone, you know. Well, they had yeah. that for a second, but it, it was just wasn't sustainable. Right, right, right. right. Honestly, bef before the pandemic, I was kind of heading that way anyway. You know, I was kind of. You know, we talk about it now. It's like we miss the movies. But before the pandemic, I was not going to the theater as much, you know. But when I did, I went to the Arclight. Okay. Yeah, me too. Only the Arclight. That's why we need the Arclight more than ever. Because That's it's true. a special experience. And, you know, the reason I wasn't going is because of people. Yeah. I just, I feel like people were getting really rude. They would bring their kids and not make, you know, it, it just didn't matter because everyone's used to sitting at home watching a movie. They thought they didn't have to do that at theaters or something. So yeah. I started like having to pick and choose and see which movie might have a good audience, you know, which right. it's so it wouldn't have a lot of kids. So I'd only see movies that maybe weren't good for kids or <laughs> I go at a time that kids wouldn't be there or, you know, just trying, like you were saying, picking odd times that weren't as super crowded, like picking like a yeah. weird time in the middle of the day it was all about avoiding the people because people are so rude at movies. And now I feel like it's going to be almost worse because people have gotten used to sitting at home. Yeah, like I hope it means are more on airplanes now. <laughs> well, I hope, I what, I, what I hope it happens is more theaters take the, uh, you know, the model that the arc light does that it's yeah. assigned seating that if you start, yeah. if you're unruly, there'll be an usher that'll come down that will talk to you yeah. or, or ask you to leave. I mean, that's what has to have the theater. I, I pay an extra five bucks a, a ticket if Easily. I knew that was going to happen, yeah, uh, if they cared, you know, about like let's keep things. I've been so so many movies where they're just rude people all around me, 
And yep. it just kills me. I just go, I, I'm, I'm ready to leave and walk out and get yeah. my money back. A waste you know, of time. That's weird I must be so, I must, when I'm watching a movie, I must be oblivious. I hear this all the time from people, you know, talking about people. <laughs> Wait, I'm oblivious to most of it. I'm not bothered. That's by good. The that's good. <laughs> I can't avoid a phone, a light on in the theater. I, I'll you know, see it. I'll recognize it and I'll just ignore it. Somehow. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I try, but skill I to just develop. It, you know. <laughs> it feels like a, a personal insult to me. Someone on their damn phone. It just makes me yeah. mad. <laughs> well, I, 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 I relaxed. It's annoying. Well, I have money you know, to see this stuff, and yeah. you go well, in. Sometimes and you see the movie you're excited about, and then you have someone who's like dicking around. And you're like, oh my god. Well, that's the. Ne- I mean, I'll, we'll get off this, but then that's the negative being the assigned seat. It's like I get to the assigned seat. I'm right next to somebody that's, you know, just chomping away on popcorn constantly. You're talking, you know, during the trailers, shut up during the trailers, you know, like, please, you know, please. <laughs> I give them a I pass want the, tra- the trailers. Getting no, I don't. I don't. They continue. <laughs> so I, I, I'll just, I'll phone. Okay. Where's that seat where nobody is going to be at? So I'll go to that. No, you know, Tuesday morning, 1030, sit in the corner and somehow somebody sits right next to me still. Always. And the theater could it's be like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like there's a whole theater here. Give me some space. Anyway. Uh, so that's, that's my thing. our love hate relationship <laughs> with movie theaters. Sorry, so well, it is part of the issue, I think, with the with the independents and with like the Lonelys and stuff. Uh, uh, uh for instance, my fiance's parents, they used to go to the movies every single week, like with their friends, mm-hmm. every and, and they went to the arc light. And yeah. since the pandemic, they haven't gone. You know, older audiences with nothing against young people but slightly more sophisticated cinema tastes are not going as much so it's like that's yeah. another problem with with the you know the, well, especially like, with theater. the yeah yeah like the lamley and glendale they've kind of it's yeah. like five theaters but they're very small i mean it's like basically like yeah. a, a very small screen and they're just not getting anybody. It might be where they, does it make sense to knock them all down and have one big theater and just try to, you know, try to appeal to just the big experience versus the smaller experience. But And even in the inverse, yeah. like the Alamo draft house model where you have like, it's a, it's an event. Like you go and you're having dinner and you're having drinks and you're watching this movie. I like that too, because that makes it more of a special event, but you go knowing it's going to be more that atmosphere versus the theater where everyone's supposed to be really quiet. You know, you can go yeah, completely, enjoy completely like different. that. Yeah. So I like the idea of it become a multi-purpose kind of event versus just the movie. Like that's why I like the art. Like you go out and have dinner afterwards or have drinks. Yeah. So you can have the 21 plus screens, which are great. No kids. And you go yeah. in and have, you know, but technically sometimes drunk people who couldn't control themselves, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I like that kind of special event feel to it. That's why I just couldn't go to just these theaters like the Lemley is because you can have the special experience in a big theater like that. So like the well, they do that that. with uh, with licorice pizza, they have that arcade, uh, yeah. you know, we're right next to it. Um, oh, that's right. funny. The new Beverly has a really great pre-show. They always do with like, you know, old, you know, Walt Disney cartoons, all kinds yeah. of things. Um, old fun yeah. vintage trailers. Yeah, that's um, cool. My friend, uh, uh, Craig, he runs a secret movie club downtown. He has a couple locations. Um, he did a Fossbinder, Fossbinder Wednesdays with a beer garden. Every oh, nice. Saturday. That's really cool. <laughs> beer garden. See, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's probably the future, honestly, of the independent yeah. cinema and revival cinema is, is probably that format. And I think that will remain um, for sure, mm-hmm. along with 35 millimeter exhibition, which I'm all for, you know, I make DC like really good looking DCPs for a living. Like I, I'm all about digital restorations and stuff, but I also want to make sure that 35 millimeter is still presented, you know, in the yeah, country. Right. Can't be. there's 400 theaters. I think they're still presenting it around the country. So. Oh, wow. Well, cool. I didn't know that so many. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
yeah, there's four, there's like eight, there's like 800 internationally. And you're like, I counted them. There's like 351 or something. <laughs> I always had this dream where I wanted to own a movie theater because it yeah. just seemed like I want to be in theaters. I could live in a movie theater. I'm yeah. fine with that. Um, I always had that dream of like the little, you know, the town with the little cool theater. And now I feel like knowing now what I know about movie theaters and the change and all that, you just can't survive doing that. I mean, unless it's a little tiny, you know, retro house, but even then I feel like, how do you survive? But I still have that dream. I still want to do that somewhere deep in my brain. I still want to own a movie theater. Yeah, oh, I do too. Um, Jeff yeah, does too. We know that. He, hey, oh, we should all pitch that. in. Let's, let's buy a movie theater. Hey, is this, is the silent movie theater uh, still available? It, well, yeah, well, that's being run right now. I've not been there. It's like Brain Dead Studios. <laughs> that's a really yeah. Is they, so is yeah. it doing movies or just? Yes, yeah, they're, they're showing thirty-five millimeter prints classic done, films okay. all the time there. I okay. have not yet been there since the pandemic, but uh, I, uh, that's interesting. Well, I got married there when it was the silent movie theater. <laughs> Really? I, yeah, I got married to the movie theater. Yes, I remember oh. that. We, had Berg, we did I, a silent movie. I made a movie. film that was screened in that theater. We did like a Nosferatu <laughs> type movie with me and Chad and a bunch of our friends that were going to be at the wedding. And then we showed that at the silent movie theater. So we kind of did our own little movie with Buster Keaton film. So I felt like this was like a dream come true. It was like, oh, my God. So I've always wanted to buy that theater. <laughs> you got married there and then you played what, Nosferatu or Buster Keaton? We played Buster Keaton, but we did our own film that Burke did that was sort of based oh, on Nosferatu. We reacted in it. We we were in a silent film. <laughs> did you have an organist up there doing like the? the we the had an actual pianist up there. Yeah, and he was up there and he played. He played the music during our wedding, and then he played the music during our movie. It oh, was amazing. Super, super yeah, it was a great time. Oh my god, Burke yeah. did such a great oh, job. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I'll give you the link. Yes, yeah, you should watch it. <laughs> wedding that's of the vampire and that was wedding our invitation to the wedding too i mean that's just my uh, whole persona is steeped in films that's just what i do it has yeah. a twist ending there's a twist <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny it was so cute because uh somebody i worked with their kids um saw the the film because they went to the wedding and then they were obsessed with the film and i put it up on youtube and they watch it over and over and then i met them at a, a company party and they were looking at me like i was the biggest star <laughs> they were like Oh, that woman from Frapper. So <laughs> cute. It was adorable. That's funny. It was yeah. really fun. So I mean that that is how much movies. Like I moved here to do movie posters. I, I have been yeah. obsessed with film. Like this is my life. I do a podcast about movies. We're so all... theaters is it's like this is so important yeah. to me. This whole topic. This yes. is so big deal. Yeah. I made a movie for my wedding too. And uh we had um a party here we had and several weddings right. we had a one wedding here in in la and one in another country but the one here in la was in a photo studio and we showed uh, a film that i made with my wife and me and and a bunch of uh, movie trailers and stuff so it's always that all of us were in part of our life <laughs> film film centric people all of us yeah, yeah. yeah which is great yeah. so, so we um, gotta figure out how to buy that theater you guys I, I know, I, Jeff, I, Jeff, weren't you interested in yes, that one in uh, South in South Pass? Yes, the Rialto. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. I So it's run right now by a church group called yeah. Mosaic. And so I love I, that I, building. It's beautiful. I front. know. I used to go to the movies there. And uh, I called Mosaic. I ended up calling the guys who own the theater, the Showmoff Development Group. Oh. And they buy up a lot of real estate and renovate a lot of buildings all over the city. Um, hmm. And... I was, yeah, I guess Mosaic has a long lease there, unfortunately. Oh. So, and I mean, Quentin Tarantino bought um, the Vista. Vista. The yeah. Vista. So, so at least that's, 
He just needs rich celebrities to buy up all the movie theaters. <laughs> and then we I can mean, all our money. <laughs> God bless Tarantino for doing that. I mean, he, yeah. he, was so dedicated. I mean, he saved the new to Sherman Torgan, you know, ran that theater for 20 years and he had a heart attack or 30 uh, years. The Beverly, yeah. 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 The, yeah. And then it, and Quinn Body So as long as he's he's wealthy and alive, you better continue showing 35 millimeter. And he's I doing love the same. Uh, the Vista is going to be primarily for new films on 35, I believe, um, which will be great. So that'll be an event thing. I'm sure that will do well. The new Beverly yeah, does right. well. A lot have, of you those been, have, oh, have you been to the Legion? What, uh, no. I, uh, I really not, want to do that. They're only showing film. Yes. Well. Um, I yeah. went to Drive that. In. Yeah. For, uh, I, I, was that the Legion? Uh, the one in Highland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I went there for a Turner Classic Movie festival presentation i really but want to check that place out in there since the pandemic yeah same and the thing is the big went. cities like la and new york have the the opportunity but even smaller yeah. smaller mm-hmm. cities still have that old theater downtown you Always. go to all, it's like it's there and a lot of them are still showing films it's the only game in town yeah. so i think i think about that thing cinema is here to stay but I agree that it's going to have to be, it's going to change, you know, once the pandemic. It's going to change. And I think people want to get out. Like people are like, well, maybe people go to movie theaters anymore. I think they will because we're so tired of being cooped up that we want to go out and see movies. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that massive screen and great sound? I mean, I, and I just miss my popcorn. theater popcorn the little town that i grew up in used to have these great theaters when i was a kid you know it's like talking you know the olden days but you know big theaters movie theaters that had balconies and stuff and you know sure interior decor and whatnot and a lobby you know and you go into the lobby and the posters were framed along the wall and and you know the popcorn stand and the candy and stuff and then you go in the big swinging doors that take you into this massive theater and that the town, even though the town has gotten bigger and bigger, those theaters closed down. And now the only theaters in that town are these grubby little mall sliced up tiny screening room theaters that stink. And you know, it's just a little, (laughs) you go in and it's like a little back room screening room with a dirty screen, you know, like bubble gum all over the screen and stuff. <laughs> and it's just, well, you know, the last time I was there, last time I saw a movie there, it was just like, nah, this isn't. You're making like the, movies. the last picture show. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe it'll go back to those big downtown theaters because that maybe that's, that would be kind of a nice, instead of these multiplexes that could, will only survive if it's Marvel and Pixar, you know, any kind of huge right. budget film. And it's just not going to, nobody's going to go see a art film at the local AMC. It just doesn't happen, right? You know, yeah. but there's some so, beautiful theaters in downtown Los Angeles. You know, some really yeah. those places that are still, you know, you could still make that into a theater. Some of them have turned into Apple stores and whatnot, but yeah. the um, there's oh, still some beautiful ones. Yeah, well, there's a warrant uses the Million Dollar Theater downtown. Yeah, yeah the old right. Palace. Yeah, every Saturday he shows movies there. Thirty five million. Yeah. Well, you know, before we kind of sign off, uh, you know, I want to, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you what your tw- some of your favorite films of 2021 were. Yes. I know you probably didn't see as yeah. many as you uh, would like, but do you have like yeah, three well, or four that would stood yeah, out to you? Well, I mean, I talked about a few of them. I mean, I, I love Liquor's Pizza. I, I really enjoyed, I, I thought the Spider-Man movie was great, actually. Yeah, um, I'm looking like, forward to um, it. I like The Green Knight quite a bit. I saw that. At I, the still I still want to see that. I still got to see that. Yeah, that's. Um, I saw that at the 
The AMC Burbank is actually shockingly a pretty good digital presentation of movies. Hmm. Yeah. It's good. The picture's good. Their presentation. I mean, I'm not saying it's quite like the, you know, the Arclight experience. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's not quite the same sophisticated clientele. There's no, you know, there's no cool gift shop inside or anything, but, uh, (laughs) um, for a good digital presentation of current movies, it's pretty good. And I, I've been going there a lot to see stuff. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, riding the, the escalator up to the. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been there once or twice. Um, so I like that. Pizza. Yeah. Licorice Pizza, The Green Knight. Um, wait, hold on. I, I write down everything I've seen. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Smart. <laughs> I, do the same. I do the same yeah. thing. I need to do that. Um, I just I saw West Side Story, which I enjoyed. There's a lot of films I want to see. Um, what's that? Um, the, the Drive My Car movie. I want to see that. I want to see The Worst Person in the World. Um, I did see The Power of the Dog. I know you guys did a whole – I listened to your whole show about it. I wasn't enamored with it, but I was fascinated by your analysis of it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe I would liked it more if I saw it in the theater. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My mom just watched it. She didn't get it at all. Uh, so she missed the whole. Yeah, I she got didn't it. Get, she didn't get the twist. She didn't see the dog shadow on the mountain. She was just not. Yeah, she just I, I didn't see the dog shadow on the mountain. She didn't understand the whole Bronco Henry subplot. She's totally missed it. I'm like, I think she didn't <laughs> want to understand the Bronco Henry subplot. <laughs> 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 you need, really need to understand Bronco Henry to understand this movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting how we all have different per- perceptions. Yeah. I yeah. I wasn't a licorice pizza fan. Jeff and I have yeah, yeah. talked about this mm. before. I, I didn't like it uh, that much, but. You know, I, I'm, I think I'm in the minority in that, but that's what, why we go to movies. You know, yeah, yeah, us, absolutely. Us, and having that debate afterwards is always really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I love yes. that because yeah. we all like. I yeah. respect everyone here, their opinion about movies, and so I think it's really fascinating when also we disagree on a movie. I'm always kind of like taken aback, like, really? Well, I don't want to know why. You know, it's like yeah. so interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's it's. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> that, that's true though I, yeah. I guess when we're really connected to a film we actually it almost feels like something that's special in your soul is being insulted by someone else yeah. well that's true or something like I thought, was I thought that was moving you're making fun of my tears man yeah <laughs> like, that really hit me man <laughs> I've had that experience like where you show somebody your favorite movie and afterwards they're like, oh, well, that's, that's two hours. I'll never get back. Oh, that's, that I hate that. It's awful. It's an awful feeling. You really feel hurt. I feel like, like I, I, I really liked Dune. I thought Dune was so beautiful. And when I saw yeah. that film, that was when I was like, God damn it. I wish I'd seen this in the theater. Like oh, I was yeah. really frustrated how gorgeous it was. I'm like, oh, I should have seen that thing. I yeah. saw Dune with my daughter and Mark's daughter actually at the oh. Alhambra Theater. Um, he saw in the theater. And I, I was not happy with me. Uh, us three were the only people in the theater. Oh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's yes. perfect. We on Mark, remember we dropped off Alan. It was like a Monday yeah. afternoon, or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I was not happy with the digital presentation at that theater. Oh. Yeah, because well, there's so many like you know bright desert vistas in the sky. Oh. I could see all the pixelation of the oh no mm. that, would not happen. Wow. that would not happen at the amc burbank yeah right <laughs> or the art <laughs> it it's, it's actually shockingly a good theater um yeah but uh i i did like dune i feel like i'm i don't understand dune i've never read the book no i don't get it either it's never, just like watched uh, over me <laughs> i never saw the david lynch movie i did see the documentary about joe trying to make dune right um right so but uh 
so I don't know if I'm a Dune guy, but I appreciate that I think it was probably a great version of what I know people love about Dune. Yeah, and it, I was, it was, but you know, yeah. I've read the book several times, the first one yeah. and the other ones. I've read the other ones once, but I've read the first one maybe four times in my life because I love it. And it did get the book in a way, but you still, it still doesn't quite go, you know, it doesn't do everything that the book does. Well, you, you can't do an 800 you page can't. book yeah. in right. a two hour. But and it was, was only half of it. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was half a movie. Yeah. But it um, got close. It got, I, I love the David it, Lynch one, but yeah. the David Lynch one is not, to me, yeah. it's not really Dune, you know? It's not good. <laughs> and I love but David I love Lynch. It. I love yeah. David. So um, you said you saw Last Night in Soho. Yes. That's a movie where I feel like I'm a little in the minority of not really liking it. And I was really, oh, really I'm disappointed. Kind of, I'm kind of with you, actually. I, oh, okay. I liked the first half of it quite a bit. Exactly. Um, and I thought the horror element didn't work. And it got really silly. Um, it got silly. Well, I feel like the whole movie, it, it put the emphasis on the most boring part of the story, which was the stupid fashion student in the modern day, when the only interesting thing was really the 60s and that whole, right. whole storyline. Yeah. And I feel like even when the twist came, I'm like, why didn't I see that movie? Why am I seeing this other dumb movie? Oh, <laughs> like, so yeah. I feel like half the movie was bad and half of it was good. I got tired of all the special effect ghosty guys and suits chasing them around constantly. It just like, it was like, the, the, yeah, the, you did not need it. Internal. Just give us that sixties movie. Uh, yeah. It was gorgeous and great. And all the actors were so good that when you went to modern day, you're like, oh. yeah, I think she's really great. The, the girl who was, uh, I forget her name, but Joy. Yeah, she, Anya Taylor joy. Or yeah. her, um, you know, uh, but the other girl on um, the one that was, that was in, uh, Oh my God, the, the, the movie from two years ago is up for Oscars. Tomlinson McKenzie? Yes, her. And she was in uh, the film of Scarlett Johansson, the World War II Hitler movie, where yeah. uh, uh, the the funny Hitler movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of that now either. The Taika Waititi <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought, unfortunately, I thought she was bogged down by all her dumb decisions and every stupid thing she did. And she was super whiny and it drove me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. There Jojo, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. Did you see Riders of Justice? No, but Mark has been um, a champion of that film. Yeah, he championed it to us, it. and we watched it, and we're blown away by that okay. one. That's a good one. Was yeah, that 2021? Uh, yeah, 2021. It's um, uh, a great one. Wait, hold on. I want to ask you guys if you've seen these films. So, because these are the 2021 films I still have to watch. I have a huge list here. I'm like, I can't see it. It's all bright, but. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Um, let me get to the 2021 part. Oh, I saw Benedetta, the Paul Verhoeven movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie didn't yeah. like that one. Yeah. Uh, no, I liked it more than she did. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of like a Ken Russell, the doubles kind of movie, but oh, very, wow. very Paul Verhoeven, lots of mm. lesbian sex and sacrilegious <laughs> stuff. Uh, it, was, it was it was entertaining. I liked it. But it <laughs> <like> <laughs> entertaining. I saw, I saw Pig, which I know um, Mark watched. Did you guys all see Pig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wanted to like it more than I did. I thought Me it was too. Really good. I thought it the was fight sad. Was um, it was it was okay. I would like to buy the pig and survived. Same. I thought you the know. pig not living was kind of shitty. I it don't know. Shitty. It was just a mean spirited thing to do. To yeah, me. it just wasn't cool. And also, I was bothered by the fact that Nick Cage, who looked like shit through the whole thing, not only because he lived in a cabin and hadn't bathed in a year, he was beat up and bloody, and he's walking around and eating in these gourmet restaurants, and no one says anything. <laughs> he looks like hell. Like, he looks like a homeless guy in yeah. your restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that was like a little. It. 
weird. But I um, liked it. I thought he was great, but I, I just like you said, I thought the pig not living just seemed like I'm not living. Like, lived, I would have given it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's okay. Come on, come on! I want to see. I hear come on, come on's really good. Have you seen that? No. No, I'd like no. to see that too. That's with River uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I've heard good things about that. Well, Jeff, we have to have you on oh, yeah, right, when sure. we talk more about movies uh, because there's. No, we should list. have the best of 2021 with Jeff because yeah. that would yeah. be fun to like. We all pick our top five and then have another. Well, we months, had a live one, months, but it's we had a live. <laughs> yeah, we had a live one. We just picked a couple of movies, but there are a lot more out there that we've seen that we could yeah. discuss. You know, with, with, with Tragedy Macbeth. I'm, I'm gonna go see that film. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. The Cohen, Joe Cohen. Oh, with yeah. yeah, I've heard that's really good. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. It's yeah. on Apple TV, I think. So we'll definitely have you on more often than just our year-end and Oscar episodes. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's fun. Do you talk- have any here. Oscar prediction real quick? Um, Power Before? of the Dog should win. Power of the Dog should win. I, 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 I mean, I, know, sure. I, I didn't love it, but I think it's going to win. Power of the Dog. Yeah. And I think Jane Campion's going to win. She's amazing. Yeah. I love her. But yeah, it's not a pleasant film. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's yeah. Been, a bit on the it's, grim side, you know. It is but, a uh, dismal spiral into despair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So enjoy it. Get the popcorn out. Kind of happy ending, sort of. Well, Jeff, uh, yeah. Jeff Thank McCarty's so been much. our guest, and thanks for hanging out, you know. And uh, we really appreciate your insight and your, the film preservation stuff is always fascinating to me because it it's is. like yeah, you know, something very important. And it's, yeah, uh, keep doing it. I know, well, so I'm so guys, glad. It's a fun podcast. I, you know, it's just great. You guys are spreading the love of cinema all around the world. That's we love it. Great thing. Love Thanks, it. man. We'll have Thank you on you. soon. Okay, so hang around right. before after after we say goodbye. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We'll do. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Billy's like got those.